Welcome to Control Alt Revolt the podcast. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> Episode 120. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single White Medusa. We're well, so glad to be back. Welcome to our world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Someone sent me uh I won't name them, but uh they sent me a um a thing last night about um a satanic rite that was performed in front of the CERN uh, Vishnu monument in which it clearly indicates someone was sacrificed, human sacrifice. A child. Was it a child? Did it look like a child? It looked like a little girl, yeah. Okay. And he's like, you know, people have debunked this and um, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if you want to go there. And I was like, oh, that's where I want to (laughs) go. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't flinch. We need to know what they're up to so we can try to... Fight it. Yeah, I'm not interested in winning any popularity contests. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just here for the chaos. Yeah, exactly. And chaos it is, chaos actual. You know, if we ever did any merch or swag, you know, and I think that's, I hope that's a thing that you appreciate about this podcast is we don't try to sell you patriot dirt, you know, <laughs> or uh, uh, liberals are bad, you know, cups, Mug. mugs. <laughs> Though I could see the Medusa sitting there with a little Sharpie pen writing on mugs saying liberals are bad. <laughs> Handwritten. Know. But we don't do any uh, advertising. We don't have, uh, you know, Patriot supplements or anything like that. You know, everybody's got to make money. I'm not, I, 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 I think there's an urge, you know, to say, oh, I want to put all that down and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's capitalism. That's freedom. You get to charge for your content and things like that. We do have a subscription program if you want to uh, support the podcast, but we don't do that. But if we did... I think I'm just here for the chaos is a pretty good slogan. I like that. Like we could come up with a cup, you know, or a t-shirt. Yeah. Plus people seem to like the uh, picture that you posted today on Facebook. Oh yeah. Some people said, Hey, that's you guys recording a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I found, I, I, I love these sort of vintage punk rock rockabilly posters of Frankenstein. And I feel sometimes I identify more and more with it because we are sort of monsters now. They are turning us into monsters. You know, there are the mob. There are the pitchforks. The uh, you saw everybody saw the video of the chick spitting on the guy at the airplane on the airplane because he wouldn't wear a mask. Even though hers was pulled down. I while knew she that was, was coming. I, was I knew. Like... <laughs> Medusa could not stop watching that with that. Chick, but her mask is not up. Well, yeah, I mean, I would think that if I was so upset about that and yelling at someone about it, that mine would be up, like if I believed in it so much, yes, you know. They are insane. <laughs> these are not people that actually, like, look at the average liberal husk. Like, these are not people that look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, they don't run a comb through their hair. They're, you know, like we were getting some dry cleaning yesterday in this liberal husk masker. You know, she stands outside because she won't go in because the Medusa's in there without her mask on. And then she runs inside, throws her stuff on the counter, and then goes back to the far wall. Like, like that's going to do anything. <laughs> and I look at her outfit, and she's wearing sweats, brown sweats, and then, like, like they did, like, beige, and then, like, they don't even look good, and then, like, weird pink fuzzy shoes, and then, like, you know, like, these people have given up on any kind of cool. And so what I liked about... The Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein picture is, you know, they're monsters, but they're cool, you know, and they're they're out going down the road (laughs) and they're going to do some coffee. 
Exactly. No, they looked cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah, we could do that. Someone said we could do that for Halloween. I'm like, we do that every day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, uh, deep state globalists, I am your Frankenstein. Exactly. There's another one. There's I'm just here for the chaos, and I am your Frankenstein. Or even like I'll be your Frankenstein, like I'll, I'll be your Huckleberry. I will be your Frankenstein. The merch, <laughs> the merch must flow. <laughs> yes. Now we'd have to actually do things to make the merch happen. Yeah. Is it? Oh, Who is that? Who's know. calling you? Spam. Spam. I, even the volume down, but I bet. I bet they want to know if we are interested in our warranty. I know. <laughs> and we're like, what are you talking about? You, you don't even know what you're talking about. We don't even have a warranty anymore. I have a new thing that I'm into, and this will be a curveball. Okay. Red light therapy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know we all talk about crazy stuff and politics and human sacrifice, but let's let's gather around the old personal wellness Cracker Barrel kids. <laughs> what do you like let's. Um, it's mixing two things. Personal it's wellness. Very funny. <laughs> let's all gather around the old timey personal wellness Cracker Barrel kids. Exactly. Um, I thought red light therapy was like pretty hippie-ish. Uh. I just want to make sure this is still recording because it went dark. I think, yeah, stop it and start it. Maybe. So, yes, we're still recording. But uh, gathering around the personal wellness cracker barrel, we have discovered red light therapy. And I know it sounds kind of hippy-dippy and everything like that. And I won't go into a big, long speech, but it does a lot of really good things for you, especially if you have some inflammation or pain or stuff like that. And, like, I was actually, I have sore muscles because I work out a lot and do a lot of CrossFit and everything like that. So that's kind of, and I have, like, a, a hand that I jacked up um, doing those push-ups where you you push off and you clap and mm-hmm. then you come down. I don't know what those are called, but I was showing off and I hurt them, hurt it, and it's bothered me. So the, I've been doing, I was showing off for the Medusa. You were, and I was, I was duly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... But we started doing red light therapy because you can find these places that do it. And sometimes just tanning salons have it. It's not that expensive. But it does a lot of really good stuff for you. I think it helps you with your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So and if you kind of like – if you want to look that up and kind of be interested in it, there are some places that offer it. It's really not that expensive, and it's a pretty good thing. And it makes you feel like on these wintry days all warm and cozy. Yeah. And it's like – it's red and near-infrared. It's like two yeah. different – what do you call those yeah. frequencies? I'm, that might not be the right word, but, you know, two different yeah. numbers on the spectrum right. that are good and healthy for you. And they don't – it doesn't have any of the unhealthy parts yeah. of – sunlight as in like uv it doesn't have any of that and i would feel that it's good for the covid or what we used to call the cold um uh because it it certainly does seem to have enough gentle radiation to destroy everything but no like i had i i kind of like i either did too much lower body today or i was doing dips and i slipped and uh and kind of jacked my back up a little bit and so there was like a lot of pain while i was writing this morning not a lot of pain but it was like i was like "I, i bet i hurt something and then I went in and did that, and it kind of all went away. So I'm keen to see what it does. But initial investigations, I, I might, if you if you're suffering from some issues, you might look and see if red light therapy is good for you. I, I know hippie crazy, but wild podcast Frankenstein's red light therapy. You get it all here. You get it all here. What are we talking <laughs> about today? Well, we listened to an interesting um, Catherine Austin Fitz. Uh, over the last few days about entrainment and um so we could talk about that and then we 
separately ended up after the fact seeing a really good example of it in real real life that, in real time. that was not really like she didn't post it but we we're like oh my gosh that's like that yeah. happening in real time like they used to say on 24 events happen in real time yeah exactly so but so first entrainment like do you want to explain what that is they're threatening to bring back 24 and i and i like 24 it was a really good show it was a lot of fun and i know there's good season and bad seasons but like they broke it back they brought it back woke mm, that's where they had they they brought in an identity star and it like it faded so fast i don't even think it finished the season yeah and now they're thinking about bringing it back again and rebooting it again and i can I can only imagine in this environment how bad it will be. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm just here for the chaos. <laughs> um, jumping over to entrainment. Again, this I would call today the today is the hippie crazy podcast because there's a lot of really weird ideas. And like red light therapy, which was developed in the 60s by NASA, entrainment is something that goes way back. And apparently it's kind of been around. And so... You go over to Catherine Austin Fitz at the Solari Report, and she talks to this dude who's really big into it, and about 90% of it sounds crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, like, I would think it sounded crazy if it was just any old person saying it, but I feel like she's a pretty trustworthy source, and so so was this guy. He was very sober. He was like a scientist kind of guy. And, um, and I think the other reason it's believable is... They mentioned, as you did, that like it actually started pretty way back with the kind of more overt subliminal messages. And I say more overt because like I think people didn't realize it. Go get a coke at the movie theater. Yeah, but like I I know they were talking about there was this one point where they got caught doing it because someone who in the editing bay or whatever put um, kind of too many frames of the subliminal because they would literally flash like subliminal like cards on the screen that said like that had written out you know whatever they wanted uh, you to do like buy this product or whatever yeah, and it goes well, back to it, on too long and it people goes, are like what sorry go ahead <laughs> it goes back to the 1930s with germany and i always wondered this like how did they get all those nazis to stand still for so long and it turns out that they were using entrainment to get people to listen to hitler's craziness for about three hours yeah and not move a muscle and so if i understand it correctly now they've made it more it's much more sophisticated yeah now. sophisticated and it basically i mean you know here's the hippy dippy part it gets into your alpha waves it's this sort of low grade sound that they use that that induces a feeling of sort of peace and happiness and then you're in this very frontal lobe receptive place to like let go of your inhibitions and receive whatever message it is and get really excited about it and so Catherine Austin Fitz is a very, you know, nice person, but she does seem like she has a, a very big no bullshit meter, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, the first time it was used on me, I went into a speech, you know, that Republicans were giving Dick Army and stuff like that. And I'd come in late to the room. And as soon as I opened the door, I just felt this like warm wave of like good vibes washing over me. And she said, I sat down and like, as the guy spoke, and I didn't even, I think she, she didn't indicate, like, I didn't think anything that he was saying was particularly brilliant, but she said, I found myself clapping and turning to people and saying, oh, isn't this the greatest? You know, the, the yeah. other really weird thing about that, though, she, remember, she said she literally went in there already knowing that entrainment goes on, I thought. And yeah. she said, like, she was like, don't let it affect me. Like she was like really specifically trying to not let yeah, it affect me. Yeah, and the guy me, and said that and, and he's part of a culture who kind of looks for this. 
And they were saying basically, yeah, you can be aware of this and, and it still catches you. It still gets you. I think I've most experienced it at the movies when I'm seeing like a crappy movie that I don't like and they play the na 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 music and you suddenly find yourself feeling emotions and mm-hmm. and you're like this makes no sense this plot is stupid i don't care if the fairies can fly from the gully you know and if christmas is saved but you suddenly start having all these feels and you and i think i would have used to have blamed it on the music but now that i know that they can sort of play with the sound system and kind of broadcast these waves it's really okay so you go through the whole thing and you're like this is all crazy but then i think independently we mm-hmm. came across this video yeah that has nothing to do with entrainment nothing what it has to do with is a lady goes into a pharmacy to get the vaccine and she's clearly going to make a point, but she does it in a really friendly, nice manner. We will post the video in the comments. And the pharmacist seems like a simple man. Simple in a smart pharmacist way, but yeah. Yeah, but like it's maybe something I've been touching on in a few recent podcasts. Does it not seem like people are getting dumber? I mean, just the mask examples like, you know, like we, we kind of played this game yesterday when we were out and about. You know, this is how this is how much fun we are. We we sit there and criticize people in masks. But and, and again, if you want to wear a mask and you're doing your risk assessment, it's all good. But it makes no sense when you come into a restaurant and you're wearing a mask and you're not required to. But you wear it anyway. So you're letting everybody know and you're looking at everybody like their disease and everything like that. And then you sit down, you know, you're fully protected. You, you thought we were all going to kill you in here, but yet it's not so dangerous that you're not going to stay home and make a tuna fish sandwich. And now you're going to sit down below the COVID level, which I think is about five feet yeah. where COVID can't get down below right. that. Yeah. And then you're going to sit down at the table, take off your mask, chew your food, tell your jokes, look around at everybody like they're not as virtuous as you. And somehow COVID, you know, like if you get up, you know, like they get up even they're like, I'm going to go use the restroom. And then they go put on the mask. You're like, Oh my gosh does that makes no sense i know and there are many things that don't make any sense we just watched some canadian health minister with the the hand sanitizer and oh she got my on goodness. like and again what is up with liberal do you are, are are all of you in a Lori lightfoot who can look crazier and ugly contest i don't know but stop looking crazy and ugly we're all full up go look crazy and ugly somewhere else exactly but yeah i mean the clip that you're talking about, she literally sanitized her hands so many times within like a five minute period, less like three sanitize minute period. Sanitize her hand, take off her mask. Sanitize, sanitize her hand, again. put on her mask. Like it was insane. And I'm just, and, and, and I don't want to say like, I don't think people are stupid because I think I've talked about on this podcast before when I grew up, I used to, I did play a lot of sports. I played baseball and I was a swimmer, whatever sport I could get my hands on. I was pretty active, but I also like to play games and things like that. And so I'd go to this game store and everybody there, they, they spent all their sports points on just math. And so like, I always felt like the stupidest person there. And, and we, you know, we were playing games like complex games, like Starfleet battles or whatever, which is a lot of math and everything like that. I kind of never really had a clue what I was doing and the people around me were just so smart. And so like for a large portion of my life, I always felt like most people were really smart. And, and then later in life, I began to understand like, 
not so. But I still I still think people are, are like to like they're not dumb, but there is something in all of this where people have become dumber. And it's evidenced in that kind of behavior, you know, hand sanitizing yourself to death to where your skin is raw and bleeding, ignoring the fact that that stuff is not good for you. Like I, I, I use it. I use it at certain times, you know, like you touch the gas pump or you shake someone's hand or, you know, like, whatever you might want to like, you might want to just like kill a few germs, blah, 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 but not turning it into some liturgical ritual, you know, that like after, after every third word, you've got to, and I love, uh, you know, you've got to boost up, Mm. mask up, you know, you know, hand sanitizer up, like, and it's, and then you look at them and like, are you not looking in the mirror and seeing that your complexion is shallow and pasty, sallow and pasty and your hair is stringy and you're fat and dumpy? I don't think the hand sanitizer is saving you. I think what you need is some good, healthy cardio and sunlight and things like that. Just my opinion. But I think that we can all agree in this podcast that there is an insanity in this culture of a, a pandemic of, of idiocy and entrainment goes a long way to finally provide an explanation that I'm willing to consider. And even when I listened to entrainment, I was not willing to consider it because again, it all sounded like pretty hippy dippy stuff. Would you describe the encounter with the lady and the pharmacist? So, well, I don't think she was actually going in there to get a vaccine. I think she was going in there to probably make a point, but I think she made it better than she probably even realized she would. But so she's very nice to the pharmacist and very polite but she's basically asking like, okay, well, before, you know, like before I get the vaccine, can I see the paperwork that you give, you know, for like side effects and stuff like that? And he somehow indicates that there's one sheet that they normally give to all the patients. And then there's like a longer one, like that the pharmacist has or whatever. And so she wants to see the longer one. And, and then he starts opening it up. And I think if I was seeing it right, I think he realized even that it was blank and he's getting all flustered and he's like, well, um, let me find it. I'm sure it's, you know, around here somewhere, but she's basically like getting him to admit. And he does admit like, how can there be informed consent? How can you be giving this to people if there's not informed consent, if they don't know what the side effects are, but, and he's literally, it's like, she's breaking him down and he's like, I know you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be doing this, but because at first he was like, well, I'm just doing what I'm told is, you know, they've instructed me to do this. That's why I'm doing it. But then he's like, you're right. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I mean, she breaks this dude. She breaks his programming. And it's weird because last year, kind of like listening to podcasts about people who were in cults was our jam. And one of the things that people repeatedly said is like, you cannot scream at people who are in cults because their programming says whenever they get that kind of aggressive behavior, it actually means that they're on the right path and that only they are special enough to understand the glorious leader and the animosity and anger. You know, the glorious leader's always in there saying, like, when people hate you, you know, you, 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 you know, you, that means you're right because you're the only one special enough to get the message to save humanity and all these kinds of things. And so people who had been deprogrammed from cults would say, what really worked is when people would just patiently feed me information and let me digest it. And then, you know, I'm speaking for that person. And then, and then I would consider it and then it it kept breaking what I was thinking. And then I'd go in and be in the cult and I'd be like, Oh, that's what that person said. And so 
it's like if you watch this video, if you have anybody in your life that's sort of having, and there are a lot of cults, and in a lot of ways, everything is a cult. Um, but if you want to work with somebody and you really care about them or you want to change some minds, this video is a classic example of how to do it because she flat out breaks this dude in a very gentle way by just working him through a train of logic and confronting him, confronting him with the fact that it doesn't make sense. There's, I want to jump in real quick and touch base on the lady who was vaccine injured who worked for Apple, and I think she was kind of a lawyer to an extent. Or... Yeah, and she's now currently um, yeah. the like the head of the California branch of Children's yeah. Health Defense, which the the main Children's Health Defenses are Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s thing. So she's like the head of the California branch of it. That was one of the smartest presentations I had heard, and she basically went through and showed the manipulation with the legalization of the vaccine. And shows you that it's not actually legal, and neither is comanernity, and it's all been a giant bait and switch. And then she, and then you know, like I don't necessarily. She walks you through why all of the why all the insanity with the Omicron, and everything like that. And 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 her presentation makes it seem like, and it's all really about this. I actually think it's about something much greater. But long story short. And I think we can add that video mm -hmm. to the comments, too. That's a long interview, but it's really worth your time. It's one of two that we watched. There was another one uh, we'll touch on the at the end that really neat guy that you might enjoy. But um, she was basically saying this will all end once the vaccines are actually approved. And then then. But right now they can't end because. Well, I want to clarify that. This will end once they are on the children's vaccination schedule. And there's a reason for that. Right. And I, I thought this was so interesting because I did not know this specific fact, but it really made sense. So um, here's how she broke it down. And she had a graphic, you know, like a PowerPoint that went along with this. But basically, as we know, like when the vaccine is emergency use authorization, which it still is, they get immunity. Uh, the the pharmaceutical companies get immunity from getting sued by people that get that die from it or get adverse effects. So they're happy when it's emergency use authorization. Then there's like a middle time period where once it becomes officially approved. Remember, there were like two words that were similar, but approved. Let's say I think. Um, then suddenly they do have liability. But then once it's on the children's vaccination schedule, third step then they now have immunity again right. because then at that point um, there's like a whole thing set up where if someone does have an adverse thing or a death, they can sort of uh, try to get some recourse for it through this special vaccination courts. But there have been hardly any payments paid out ever since those yeah. have started. I mean, yeah. like barely. So it's she almost impossible. Yeah, to... And she says you'll go broke fighting it because she went broke fighting it. Because yeah. She was actually injured and, you know, again, was a person on the other side, the global, worked at Apple, you know, pretty high up. Yeah. And she was vaccine injured by the hepatitis B vaccination because she went to Indonesia. So it was uh, it was very interesting. Um, I, I think that there is m much more to it than just the vaccine schedule. But I think it's it's a path there. And I think it's how you got big pharma involved in the globalist plan because remember there, there are many factions but their deal was you know basically we can keep this 
charade of a pandemic going until it's legal. And remember, the thing that she points out in her whole presentation is there is no authority right now to mandate these vaccines. And there are actually laws that state that you cannot do this. And but there the reason we are having the Omicron hysteria right now is because it's the only way to continue to declare a state of emergency to push this until the vaccines actually pass trials. So that's why that's why we have to go through all these things. I think it's much greater, but it just goes to show you. Yeah. So that's why they're pushing it for the kids, which some of us are like, why are they pushing it on kids when they have no risk? That's why. And that's also makes sense of why there are so many more kids have so many more vaccinations that they have to get now. And I never even really realized this until recently compared to like when Nick was yeah, I we younger. Like I was younger. Yeah, I feel like it was about seven. And now what is it? Like 20, it's a, No, I I almost think it's like 40. But yeah. whatever it is, it's it's a huge amount now and you're like, "What?" Yeah. And now that I know this, I'm like, "Oh, that's why." That probably became a law around I think in the early 90s, I think she was saying maybe. Yeah. Whatever it is, and now suddenly that's what they do now is they try to get everything on the vaccine a kids vaccination schedule so that they can have no liability. I am already a heavily vaccinated person because of the military. But this year and all these investigations have taught me I don't, I don't think I'll ever have a vaccine again. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't either. see the benefit of it, and I see that there's too many problems with it, and I think it's super compromised now. But your mileage may vary. The last thing that we'll talk about is a podcast we watched, watched on Dr. Mercola's uh, channel with a nice little old man who basically is the guy who ended frontal frontal lobotomies. And really interesting guy, uh, but tells you a lot about the will to power, about pharma. They tried to kill him a couple of times, you know, very interesting. But this is the guy who basically said, um, you should stop tearing out parts of people's brains because they're depressed or sad. Mm -hmm. And uh, the information in it is great. It's totally worth the watch. I actually found him to be a really neat guy. Me too. And I think I think that uh, just listening to him um, might, uh, even though it's a dark subject, it might be a bright spot in your day. So I think that's all we have for today as we wrap up the year. Uh, we'll try to do podcasts all week because we're just uh, working on Strange Company 2 and a couple other little projects. And uh, then we'll be into the new year, and I think we'll be trying some new things with the podcast. We might move to more paid subscriptions, uh, but it, doing I, I'm, I'm thinking an equally, you know, fifty-fifty, like fifty unpaid, fifty percent unpaid, fifty paid, just to give the the paid people max value. And also, I like the paid ones because they're private; they're behind the paywall, and then we can really say some very unpardonable stuff. <laughs> so if you haven't consider subscribing to the channel and we do enjoy talking with you have a great monday evening that's the podcast i'm just here for the chaos